Hi folks and welcome back to Flowing Backwards, a podcast by me, Phil Peake, and the man in Mosley, Mr. Ian Four Candles Moss. Now, this week's episode is the second part of episode 13, which is Nothing Good. Um, there's plenty good in it, it's just not, some of it's not nice. <laughs> anyway, um, as usual, it's sit back, relax, make yourself a sandwich, packet of crisp, some biscuits, Mars bar, whatever, and enjoy. It's good. Greetings, friends. Uh, here we are again, flowing backwards, Phil and I. Uh, I'm here in Mosley. Phil is still in Stockport. Um, I've got a really bad throat. So if it starts giving way, uh, do forgive me. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going to try and waffle less, procrastinate uh, slightly less than I do normally. And so here we go with today's verse. It's called Miles. It's about a man called Miles. It ricochets across the canyon. It ricochets around the cityscape. The landscape is illuminated. It has changed its shape. Let the notes cascade. Let the music go its own way. Let the players feel connected and let each voice have its say. Throw your caution to the wind. Drive the wave of spontaneity. Reject the constricts imposed by disciplinarians. Dispense with orthodoxy. Create it as you feel it, and as you feel, create. Shine a light on reality and innovate. Miles released the handbrake so the train could fly. Observe the walls, they will shake if we aim for the sky. So let's aim for the sky. Yes, let's aim for the sky. No hoofing. No smiling, no vaudeville routine. Instead, project self-respect, immaculate and clean. As black as blackness could ever be, wealth, though, is no insulation from the concept of white supremacy and racist segregation. In Paris, Jean-Paul Sartre heard the poetry without words, and Picasso saw without paint the pictures that the mind creates. A perspective and a feeling grew, gave birth to a kind of blue. Move forward, don't just talk, do. Not look backwards, embrace the new. Miles released the handbrake so the train could fly. Observe the walls, they will shake if we aim for the sky. So let's aim high. Let's aim for the sky. Okay, thank you. That was my little tribute to Miles Davis. Um, I've had a bit of a Miles Davis splurge recently. Um, and, and, I, and I thought that was quite a nice thing to do, to write something nice about Miles Davis. Anyway, uh, Nothing good, part two. Um, there is some good in it, of course. There's always some good. You have to take the good out of the bad as well. Um, and you have to keep a sense of perspective. So um, that's a lesson in life that um, we all have to learn. So we're talking about uh, Kill Pretty and 
I've had my heart operation and we've got back uh, onto the stage, but I'm still very ill, you know, it takes um, some very major surgery and, and emotionally and physically, I'm not well. Um, something that strikes me almost immediately um, when we return to the stage is there is a complete lack of consideration from my bandmates. At this stage, I'm not supposed to uh, lift a kettle at home. That is the advice. That is too heavy for me. And yet I'm always being um, thrust towards uh, amplifiers, being, being asked, stroke, told to move things up and downstairs, drum kits and amplifiers. Um, they're not these people are not my friends. They pretend to be. They're always hugging me and telling me that they love me, but their actions speak louder than words. They do not love me at all. Uh, anyway, I'm I've, I'm losing all respect um, for for them, and we're moving very much in different uh, directions. They've they've received too much praise, and it has gone to their heads. Their egos have got too big and some of the things that they do um, make me want to vomit. I turned up for one gig and they've all got matching um, training shoes on. I, I mean, I hate training shoes anyway, um, but three of them in the same pair of training shoes, like a dress code, you know, what do you think it is? You know, Herman's Hermits and Dave Clark Five or something. You know, I wanted, I really, I really, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Anyway, I've um, I've written um, this album um, that's to be bubblegum. Now it's to be a magnum opus. It's a big sprawling thing um, that will take up about an hour and a half. It's to be a du double album, um, and and I've I've pieced it together. And again, because of what I've been going through with my health and watching my mother die. Um, I've got a lot of material that has been sort of uh, spewed forth from my consciousness. So um, we we go and record this. We go to Liverpool and we record this. And um, it is pleasant. Um, they're um, obstructive, um, mutinous, and um, I lose more and more respect for them. Um, they haven't got a clue, I conclude, you know. Um, and, and, and that's sort of the nicest thing. There, there are lots of um, personal things that, that, um, that I really don't want to air publicly um, that revolt me. We go um, and play uh, a gig in Iceland in 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 Reykjavik um, that that should have been nice, but uh, again I feel so um, so distanced um, and and so alone within this band that it isn't great. And while I'm there, um, news that Lou Reed has died comes and uh, celebrity deaths don't normally mean anything to me, you know, people that I, I don't actually know. Uh, but for some reason, uh, Lou Reed's death uh, did resonate deeply within me. It'd been such a, an important 
figure in my own development. Um, so, um, so that's that's sort of going on. Um, out of all this um, negativity, um, and and in particular one incident concerning the lump. Um, and I, I want to do something positive, and I've um, I've got all these um, scraps of, of of material that I've recorded over the years. And my friend Steve Dobson has digitalised them, and I think it would be nice to get them released. And in the internet age, um, that seems uh, very doable. So I approached Bob Osborne, who's who's helped with uh, managing Kilpritiov, although he's fallen out with the lump and, and he's no longer involved at this stage. Um, and, and I say to Bob, look, I'd like to release, you know, this, this and this. Uh, can we do it? And he says, yes. I said, well, while we're doing it, could we form a record label to kind of legitimise it, you know, and, and as a sort of umbrella uh, for them to be released under. He says, not a problem. What do you want to call it? And off the top of my head, I said, German Shepherd. And bingo, in that moment, we formed German Shepherd mm. Record. What almost immediately then becomes obvious is that it doesn't have to be just to release my music. We can release um, other people's music. And there are several people I know who are making music that they, they may post uh, a track on Bandcamp or on Facebook, you know, and and 12 of the friends will listen to it and it goes no further than that, um, which seems a dreadful shame when there's so much talent um, and, and so, so much love and care gone into these recordings. And so I approach a few people and, and soon we have... Uh, a roster of acts. Um, my band, Kill Pretty, uh, see this as a threat to them. They absolutely hate the fact that I have formed this label. They hate the fact that I am going to go off and do some work with other people. Um, I'm told at one point uh, by the lump um, that it's okay if I work with people as long as I'm aware that I shouldn't damage the brand. I didn't know there was a brand, but um, this was um, the sort of mental headspace that, that they were existing in. Um, also at, at this time, um, I'm offered a gig supporting the fall at Manchester Cathedral by Mark Smith. Um, and I really, I really want to do that. Um, so I've got this album recorded that needs to be released, got a gig in the future at Manchester Cathedral that I want to do, um, and I've also got a huge problem with the band that I don't want to be in it, I want to leave, um, and I tell a few people, including Mike Lee, the drummer, that I intend to leave, I'm glad that I told people because when uh, when I finally did leave, um, they understood that this was not 
some sort of um, spontaneous falling out as it was portrayed by the other members of the band, but something that was deep rooted and something that I had to do. So we're up to playing you uh, the first of uh, today's tracks. In fact, I'm gonna play you two tracks now. Um, two of the first releases on German Shepherd, um, one by myself in um, my guise as House Mouse with Mr. Osborne in his Space Museum guise that is called The Wilsons. And then I'm gonna play a track by uh, West Coast Sickline called This Ain't London, who were one of the first acts that were, we released music by. Um, Kel Pretty said everything on German Shepherd was rubbish. I don't think either of these things uh, are rubbish. You can decide for yourself. Um, House Mouse and Space Museum and West Coast Sick Line for your edification.
something was wrong with the Wilsons in the margins as if they didn't belong with the Wilsons yes something was terribly wrong something was wrong with the Wilsons in the margins as if they didn't belong with the Wilsons yes something twin Jillian had Blown away, she sparkled bright, but she turned grey, withered when she returned, and she too withdrew from the world, a sad old spinster in decay, hiding from the sun's ray, inseparable from her mother, you could hardly tell one from the other, then Eva died and all alone, Gillian took a life her own. The last cage bird had now flown, an empty house is all she left, its secret safeguarded by death, something was wrong with the Wilsons.
with the Wilsons. Something was wrong with the Wilsons. Manchester Cathedral with the fall um, the week before that um, I have arranged to shoot a video for one of the tracks that we've recorded for the new album a track called Manchester and various friends have turned up and uh, Rick Sarko from the Freshies has filmed it and it's a really good fun day uh, and then the lump and his son turn up and the atmosphere becomes horrible. They're uh, arrogant, bullying, um, and self-important. It's not nice. So by the time we get to play at Manchester Cathedral, something that should be, you know, um, a really nice thing, you know, to play in an iconic building like that in front of a lot of people should be uh, something pleasant. But I'm not on speaking terms with them, I can't stand them. I can't stand being in the same building as them. I can't stand being on the same stage as them. Um, and it isn't nice, um, it's a shame. Um, although I, I do have a, a wonderful memory of, of the sound check sort of around seven o'clock as the sun was going down and um, the sun shining through the stained glass windows while I'm on the stage and this being illuminated by all these colours. Um, and and that was that was really nice. Um, so 
that was uh, that was the big gig. And by then, I'm just hanging on in the band, waiting for the album to get a release. Um, and and then I I can sort of promote it, and and leave hopefully amicably. Um, but it's it's not easy. I don't like being in the band. We've got at this stage we've got absolutely nothing in common. Um, and there's um, it's it's the album's supposed to come out on one label, who then run into money problems and decline having sat on it for several months um, and so we're we're shopping around that's the term um, for a new label to release this this album um, and meanwhile it means that I'm still in the band still gigging and still um, very unhappy they go on a radio show in fact there's, there's a there's a lot of radio um, they go on a radio show without me. They're invite, invited onto Stephen Doyle's radio show on Salford City Radio, and for two hours they get to um, choose the music, you know, and talk about things. And they talk ever so smugly and self-importantly, you know, um, slapping their own backs. And then they play this music. For two hours, they play nothing but music by white males with guitars. Um, it is like a um, misogynistic UKIP disco. Um, it is absolutely vile and very, very boring as well. And, and again, it just widens the gulf. I've, I've just got no respect for them. I go in on a, on a radio show with them and they try and turn everything into this sort of laddish good time you know and and this mock um friendliness this friendliness is wrong this matiness you know it's all jokey and everything you know you've, you've got this soapbox you've got this vehicle to express yourself you're on a radio show Talk, going into people's houses talking you know so try and talk about something interesting no it's just all laddish crap and um, self-aggrandizing um, and I can't stand it and and after that um, I drive a further wedge in the thing by saying uh, I will no longer participate in any radio shows with them they can do radio shows I can do radio shows but I will not do them with them um, it's why I didn't just leave, um, I don't know. I should have done, you know, in in retrospect. I should have just just left, and it would have been um, would have been better all round. But instead, um, I allowed things to fester, and they did fester uh, because, as much as I had no respect for them, they clearly, by this stage, uh, really disliked me and resented me. Um, so anyway, against that, I've got this freedom through the label of being able to go and work on music uh, with people who I do like, with friends and people who I respect. And, and I get involved in a lot of collaborations. I work with uh, Monkeys in Love on, on um, the first thing that we release, uh, who, who I really, really love. 
I work with uh, Lupaz Navarre, who's a fantastically talented man. I'd never, I didn't know Lupe. I knew of him, uh, but until I worked with him, I didn't know him. And, you know, and, 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 and we're friends now. We're really good friends and, and we built up a good working relationship. Uh, Johan Clues, I worked with, great musician. Uh, I did stuff um, with with Dingo, who I would go on to do further stuff with, and with um, Modal Roberts, who uh, we played on the last show. Um, again, all all superbly individualistic, talented people, and the label. Um, although you. you as an internet re record label, anybody in the world will tell you there is very little potential for sales. Nobody's going to get rich out of it. Um, but we're picking up airplay for all these people. And uh, there's a growing respect for what we do. And and so that's, that's really good, you know. Um, so... Um, let's play another track. Let's play another track off German Shepherd Records, and this is by um, a young lady called Alana Bondi, who um, turned up at a um, a gig I was playing um, to to say hello and 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 ask about the possibility of uh, releasing some of her music and. Um, I was stunned by the quality of it when I, when I heard it. She was a massively talented woman. Um, and unfortunately, um, she, she died suddenly and tragically um, uh, and at a far too young age, she, um, she got sepsis and, and, she, and, and she passed away. And uh, I still think a lot about Alana. When when I was uh, having bad times, when I was ill, she would um, she'd check in with me and and see I was okay and and offer uh, comfort and advice. So this is SOS by Alana Bondi.
an, another pleasant um, way of expressing myself uh, occurred amidst all of this. Um, uh, my friends Neil and Louise, uh, who were a couple at the time, uh, they're not anymore, but they had a, a band together called uh, Two Koi Carp, a sort of experimental, um, freewheeling, electronic uh, thing, who I really liked. Um, I thought, thought it was excellent what they did. And um, Louise would often uh, get on the stage and dance uh, along with um, with Kill Pretty when we played gigs. So I said, is it okay? if I dance uh, for you? And, and they said, yes. And they were playing the, um, this kind of art uh, happening in this, um, in this building, this artistic colony full of rooms with painters and sculptors and sound sculptors and, and so on and so forth. And it was this art happening um, with lots of artistic people there and uh, and then allowed me to dance with them and they were set up in this room and I went to um, the um, there was no changing room I went to the toilet and I took off uh, my clothes and appeared to dance in a um, black leather uh, face mask and a uh, bright red jock strap and uh, a pair of boots um, and the it was, it was great fun to be so exposed um, in front of people, some some of whom uh, were a little bit aghast, others um, sort of embraced the spirit of it, and, and one or two were actually a little bit turned on by it as well. Um, and, and so uh, I... I uh, I, I did my go-go dancing, uh, a, a live expression to the music of Two Koi Carp. And, and there was um, a sort of reasoning behind it. You know, there was, there was a subtext to it all. It was to, because in this stage, you know, I'm, I'm well into my 50s. So it was to display that aging people can still be sexual. You know, that there is a sexuality about people who are past the first flush of youth, you know, and also because I am not um, what, um, you know, I'm not model material, I'm not the idealized shape. And so there was um, also the subtext about, um, about that, you know, about displaying, feeling free and comfortable to display a body that doesn't conform to um, what is supposedly beautiful. Um, so that was really good. So I'm, I'm, I'm moving around with, with people, with people that I like, and I'm, and, I, and there's this sense of freedom and excitement um, in inside all all that. Um, you know. As, as I said at the start of this, you take the, the good from the bad and the disintegration of, of Kill Pretty and the relationships within it um, created room for, for me to go and make um, relationships 
elsewhere. Um, so, um, whilst I was in this mood of um, of, of creativity, um, I went back to um, to the, the um, to John um, and um, Black Rock and Sticky D and asked them if they would be interested in playing um, some shows as the hamsters. Um, and they were, <laughs> uh, they, they, they were interested in doing it. I'd, I'd done a, uh, in, in part why, why this had happened was in, um, in the midst of all this, um, an, an old friend had, had asked me to get back um, and play his 50th birthday party, um, which was doubling as a live gig uh, with the hamsters. And I'd ended up playing with um, some some very young guys who had first picked up instruments um, after being inspired by seeing sickness. So there was still, I think they were about 20 or 21 by this stage. So, that, so I'd played uh, two gigs with these 21-year-olds and it was barely rehearsed and it was rough and raucous and it was fabulous fun you know it felt so good to be on a, on a stage with people who were enthusiastic and um and and a bit an ego free as well who were doing it just for the for the love and and so it had reignited um my kind of um doing those songs uh, again had made me consider doing the hamsters again and so, so I'd approached John and, uh, as I say, Sticky D and um, and Black Rock, and uh, they agreed to um, to to play some uh, a few hamsters gigs, um, which again uh, the news of, of that in the Kilbritty camp went down like a uh, lead balloon. It was seen very much as a threat. Um, anyway, we. We, we sort of rehearsed in, in my flat. Uh, we didn't do proper rehearsals and we were building up um, towards playing uh, a gig as part of a German Shepherd um, night. And, uh, you know, it, I think it was going to be good. I was, I, was playing, I was supposed to play that gig on the Friday night with the hamsters and there was a, um, a Kill Pretty gig on the Saturday schedule uh, the night and day that I was supposed to play, which was a bit of a bummer because the German Shepherd thing was a weekend and it meant that I wouldn't be able to um, be there on the Saturday night, even though I wasn't scheduled to perform anyway, you know, um, because I would, you know, it, it was clashing, so it wasn't good. Um, also, around this time, I recorded a track with um, a fella called Matty Thompson, who uh, lives in London. He's a Scotch guy. He'd been in um, a band called um, Parker, who had been biggish in Scotland. They'd nearly made the national charts due to their um, sort of um, the support from Scotland, you know, and they'd play events like Tea in the Park in Scotland, you know, and they toured Japan and, and stuff. And he'd moved to London and, and gone away from this sort of guitar thing he'd been doing. 
and was more involved uh, in, in studio things, in sort of dance things. He's since gone on to be very, very successful as well. Anyway, he and I cut a track that we're going to play now, um, and it's called Mysterious Skin, and this came out under my um, KP2 moniker. another one that uh kill pretty didn't like i'm sorry this is all about kill pretty but i have got to get all this kind of out of the way it's one of the reasons i'm going so fast as well you know because it is a, an unpleasant memory so we're sort of going along and and despite the fact that um i don't like being in the band it's still popular people like it you know so there's no shortage of uh 
of gigs and and stuff. Um, but it's but it's all unpleasant. Um, the video is received really well, and I'm hanging on to try and get this album released. Finally, um, a, a shake hands deal is done with John Robb and uh, the album is to come out as a double vinyl gatefold extravaganza uh, on Louder Than War records. And all seems good then. Hallelujah, can get that out, can play some gigs and then hopefully leave happily and leave leave them happily you know it's not like and i i bear them any malice uh certainly at this this point i just don't want to be in a band with them um so uh we're moving towards that and we're moving towards this weekend that i've referred to where there's the hamsters gig on the friday and the kilpitsy gig on the saturday and then something happens, uh, something unpleasant. It starts with the lump making a public and very uh, unprovoked and uh, offensive uh, attack on German Shepherd Records and on um, and on Bob Osborne and myself um, and. This this is only going to end one one way, you know, um, and, it, and it does. <laughs> it, end, it ends up that that is the end of. Uh, the, there's more happens behind the scenes, but that is the end uh, essentially of, um, of of Kill Pretty, and it's acrimonious. Um, it is um, it's not pleasant at all. Um, but I, I go and play the Hamsters gig, which is great, again, to be playing with friends. Una uh, from Poppycock, Fall, Blue Orchids, gets up and plays some keyboards, and uh, it's the start of um, something else. Um, I suppose, looking back, my, ins my instinct is always to forgive to forgive and forget. I wasn't allowed to, to do that quite simply because in this situation with the lump, um, he never acknowledged what he had done, let alone considered apologizing for what he'd done. And so um, it was a wound that festered. I suppose now as the years have gone by, I have learn to forgive but not forget um and and i suppose my overriding feeling about the lump and the other members is one of disappointment you know um they could have been better people um but lot. these days i don't know where the lump is i don't know what the lump does don't know if he's happy, sad, rich or poor, if he plays music. Um, it doesn't matter. I suppose if, if there was one thing I could wish for him, I hope that he has learned to be happier 
and control his demons so that he's not um, a danger or a nuisance to people around him. Um, so that was the end of that. And that is also the end of this episode, except for some music. Um, I'm going to play you out with a, um, a track never broadcast before from this fabled um, Lost Kill Pretty album that was going to be called um, Bubblegum Now. And this track is uh, called Lotus Eaters. Uh, so Lotus Eaters by Kill Pretty. And then um, we're going to play uh, just because, again, just to play something that's, that's nothing to do with all this. Um, just something that I love from this period. And we're going to play um, Dream Baby Dream in a version by Nana Cherry. So Dream Baby Dream is a classic by Suicide. And this is Nana Cherry's fabulous version of that track. Um, once again, thank you for listening. Get in touch. Say hello. It's all about communication. Um, we love you. You know, we love, we, we do this out of love. Me and Phil do this as, as a way for us to do something together. It's all about love and creativity. So um, my thanks to Phil, my thanks to Helen, um, and, and my thanks to everybody who listens and everybody who, um, who helps us on our way. All right, good night from me. Just love.
thank you Ian we as Ian says we love you thanks so much anyway enough said enough done that's the end of another episode and that is episode 13 nothing good part two I don't know why he keeps saying things like it's nothing good and it's all doom and gloom because there's some nice bits in between isn't there really he always does this it was such a wonderful time but and it has been noted um, we've had a message from uh, Will and Ant from Pressure Drop Studio hi guys thank you very much for listening um, I believe you're big fans of of uh, the podcast so yep he, that's exactly what he does and if you listen in this episode there's two points in it where he goes but <laughs> anyway usual Facebook page which is flow backwards and leave us a comment uh, it does work see Will and Ant yay um, and that's all from us this week stay safe enjoy what else can I say bye folks <laughs>